You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. Mary, I've been reading a biography of Joe McCarthy in the 1950s. And, you know, people today uh, frequently know the, the word McCarthyism. Well, that's named after him. Uh, you know, he went on these wild and usually baseless uh, communist hunts. Lots of interesting things. And for five years, he really dominated American politics. And I, I'm really struck, and maybe someday we can talk about this in more detail, about the similarities between Joe McCarthy and Donald Trump. So let me stop you there for a minute. So if you were going to define McCarthyism, yes, and and I would assume that's kind of a a variation of demagoguery. Right. And how is it specific to that um, time and place or what is the more general? Well, it it really is. It was a term applied to him beginning in 1950, uh, in February 1950, McCarthy, who was a junior senator, not very popular, kind of fearing that his political fortunes were going down, uh, latched on to the issue of anti-communism. This already existed. The Alger Hiss trial had already occurred. Uh, House Un-American Affairs Committee had already met. So this was all over the place. The Cold what War. What year was would that be? Uh, this 1950, February 1950, okay. and McCarthy claimed in a speech in Wheeling, West Virginia, that he, I'm quoting here, I hold in my hand the names of some number, and he kept changing the number, of communists in the State Department. This began something that would go on for five years, uh, where he would make wild accusations against a wide variety of people claiming they were communists. This is not hearings or anything. He did have hearings later, which kind of brought him down. The similarities to Donald Trump are stunning. Uh, He lies. He says whatever he wants to do. But he is hugely popular. And the reason this is in my mind, by the way, somebody might point out as well, his assistant was Donald Trump's kind of assistant and mentor, Roy Cohn. And was, was McCarthy also a Republican? He was a Republican. And the Republican Party refused to stand up and say, this guy is unethical. He's a liar. He's attacking people. They wouldn't do it. But it's going to sound like Trump again. Behind closed doors, they would all say, he's terrible. We can't. And so why would they not take him on? Were they afraid that he would turn on them? You got it. Okay. Exactly this right. This sound very similar. Yeah, and that fear rode all the way up to the president, Dwight D. Eisenhower, who was called on frequently to speak out against McCarthy, and even the president was afraid of him. Sounds a lot like Trump, doesn't it? It does. So I go back to my question. Like, If, if you use the expression now, or said McCarthyism, or... They were McCarthy-like tactics. Most people would understand that, don't you think? I think so. And they would understand it as making wild claims, uh, imputing somebody's reputation, uh, destroying lives and uh, 
and careers. I, I think that's what we don't understand, yeah. don't okay. you? Yeah. And it, you know what struck me today? There's more really to say uh, uh, about the similarities with Trump and uh, McCarthy. But what really struck me is McCarthy was all powerful and feared until he wasn't. And his his reputation had declined. But then in 1955, he's doing a hearing where he's claiming they're communists in the United States Army. And at this point, the country and much of the leadership start to turn against him. And then famously, a lawyer by the name of Joseph Welch, during televised hearings, which I know for a fact our mom watched all well, the she time. Loved, she all loved she, that. Yeah. And when McCarthy attacked this one young aide to Joseph Welch, Welch looked over him. Welch was, you know, an older man, kind of patrician. And he said, Senator, have you no sense of decency? After all this, have you no sense of decency? And McCarthy was kind of put back by it. He sat there quietly. The world changed against McCarthy. And then his health turned very bad. And he died two years uh, later. He was censured by, by the Senate. I've just given you a really long introduction to raise a question. I know we think that Donald Trump absolutely rules everything right now. He dominates the news. His polls are high. So were Joe McCarthy's. Just exactly the same. Actually, his poll numbers are very similar to Donald Trump. But is it possible that somewhere over the next six, seven months, as the trials build up, that someone says, Mr. Trump, have you no sense of decency? And it falls apart because it fell apart on Joe McCarthy just that fast. And I guess what's in my mind is if that all falls apart, what then? What happens? What happens to the Republican Party? What happens to the election? What happens to Joe Biden? Have I asked enough questions? <laughs> But, you know, John, it's such an interesting thought exercise on something that could very well be, very well could happen. Because one thing that the Republicans need to do is coalesce around a candidate. You know, we watched the debate last week and watched all of them and think they're not going to coalesce against any of the, uh, around any of these people except maybe, believe it or not, Nikki Haley. I mean, I think she keeps being discussed as an old school Republican in many ways, but she's young, she's a fighter. And, um, you know, who would say Vivek Ramaswamy, but no, he's just a Trump stand-in. So he's the guy that people can vote for if, if what happens, to tr what you say happens to Trump. If Trump falls apart or Trump files out, that 30% can still go to Vivek. Because uh, he had, Trump has really, even the Republican Party, even though they'll say they'll all vote for him if he's a candidate, when you poll Republicans, he's not even at 40% of Republicans. So there is space for another candidate. It's just all the egos need to get out of the way. And I have been thinking about what if something like that were to happen? Because Politics is a very unpredictable business, and you really can't imagine what's going to happen 
six months from now when, you know, they keep showing Trump's calendar and the calendar is just brutal for him. Like any lawyer who had that many <laughs> trials scheduled, like, oh, I'm never going to survive 2024. So he has the, all that. While he's trying to run for president, hold his rallies, do his crazy stuff. Um, so I can't imagine that once Republicans actually start voting, that they're like, we can't take a risk on this guy because Biden can beat him and Biden has beat him. They just can't split their votes up. But I, the reason I've been thinking about this is because the image of a young person like um, Nikki Haley standing on a stage with Joe Biden, I think is not good for Joe Biden. I mean, one of the reasons uh, we'll all vote for him is because he's running against Trump. I like Joe Biden. I think he's done a great job. But I, like many people, think the dude is old, you know, and that's a lot of pressure on that job. He's not old and sitting around taking French lessons like I am. You know what I mean? So I think that the contrast between a young voter, a young candidate, and Joe Biden would not be um, would not be good for Joe Biden. And um, and Nikki Haley has this other weirdly smart political thing she's doing. I don't agree with it, but is she's not really running against Joe Biden. You know who she's running against? Kamala. Kamala. Yep. It's, and. It's kind of a brilliant strategy, actually. It is, and it's a strategy that would take you into the general election. Yes. There, because, I mean, let's put it in very raw terms. You're, a vote for Joe Biden is a vote for Kamala Harris. And what she is saying to a big part of the American population, certainly a big part of the Re Republican Party, is this is a vote for a, it's spelled W-O-M-A-N woman. Now, I know I'm a woman, but she's a black woman. I know I'm from immigrant background, but she's a liberal black woman. Do you want that as president? And I think a fair amount of the country says, no, no, if, yeah. if we need to have a woman of color, let's have you. you you're a nice lady. Yeah, I mean, and you know I mean, that's awful emotional things, but I think they're all wrapped into that. And I do. I think the people who um, walk, walked away from the Ameri from the Republican Party because of Trump can go back to Haley without thinking twice about it. And she was moderate on the abortion issue at the debate. You know what I mean? Like, she's a very, very smart politician. She just threaded that needle. People like, oh, she'll never get the nomination. Maybe, you know, but, but who knows what's going to happen? And I think Trump is weaker than people think that he is. Now, you know, the polls still have him super strong. But part of what weakens someone is they become a joke. So Trump has been a joke to us since the day he came down the elevator. Before that, I hardly knew who Trump was. But if I, if you would have asked me, I'd have been like, he like reality TV guy or something like that. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't in our world. But he, he's been a joke to us. But he's not been a joke to everyone. But the mugshot, um, you know, the different stuff, like, I don't know if you heard any of the reporting yesterday on his lawyer um, arguing yeah. for the date change for the 
the J6 here uh, trial. And it was like ridiculous. They, they seemed ridiculous. That kind of stuff. I mean, unfortunately for the writer's strike, we won't have Saturday Night Live come back. But um, people who used to support someone who then he becomes a joke to, that is not helpful for him either. So I think your, um, your comparison to Joe McCarthy probably makes a lot of sense because he's going to be powerful until the day he's not. And I think that day is upon us. Maybe not well, in the next month, but probably before the people start voting in the primaries. Yeah. And let me be real specific on how this could happen. And you, know, you and I know, I mean, we talk about this in terms of business, of employees, of lots of other things. If you want to know what's going to happen with somebody, look to past behaviors. What happened before? And I think that's true here. And let's look at a political party who has trouble rallying around someone. Their clear front runner is not there. And then finally, oh, about four primaries in, they say to themselves, We've got to get behind one candidate. That's really what happened with Joe Biden. Remember? That right. There were various wins. It looked like Bernie Sanders could pull ahead. Jim Clyburn and everybody says, we're going to get behind Joe Biden, who had been kind of the joke of the primaries. Right. He had run so badly, debated so badly. Now, let me give you the same one. Ron DeSantis, and I think this is possible, wins in Iowa because of superior organization, a number of things. He's good with the conservatives. Chris Christie, we know, is polling well in New Hampshire. He wins in New Hampshire. Nevada maybe even goes to one of them. And we get up to South Carolina, and it's time to say for everybody to say, you know what, Donald Trump is not the guy, but it's time for us to pick a candidate. Who could win in North South Carolina? Nikki. How about a... Nikki Haley, right straight from mm -hmm. from there. And when that happens, and knowing that we could have a court case right in these these days starting up, we come into Super Tuesday and boom, suddenly it's a brand new uh, new election. Yeah. Donald Trump, by that point, is screaming fraud and election in interference and everything else. But I think the Republicans by that point say, no, we've got a new horse. Let's run with her. I think it can happen. I do too, and Jen, you know, the other thing is, you don't, we don't know, I mean, you, I mean, we, the royal we, don't know who's going to turn on Trump. And one of them could be Mark Meadows. If Meadows does not get that case uh, moved to federal court, I just would, it just wouldn't surprise me to see him turn on Trump. Now, the thing is, they can't, cut a deal with him where he doesn't do any jail time. I I think that's impossible. He was too thick in it, but he could have a, a less of a sentence or he could, they could agree to have him serve it in federal, uh, in a federal jail as opposed to a Georgia jail. You know what I mean? There's stuff that could be done. They could do. And, and frankly, if Mark Meadows, if the, if it's not moved to federal court, and he's staring at a Georgia jail sentence. I don't know. Maybe Mark wouldn't. If it were me, I'd say, how many songs do you want me to sing? Because <laughs> I know a lot of songs. Honestly. So I, I can imagine that happening. And once that happens, when 
it's really, really clear that, you know, um, the, um, the Iceman comment for Trump, maybe Trump takes a plea too, which you know I've always thought is going to happen at the end of the day. So I think that if I were the, any Republican candidate right now, I'd be wondering how am I going to be the last man standing? Yep, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, there's many things, as uh, Joe McCarthy would say, it's a conspiracy so vast. (laughs) It's a vast. It's very vast. (laughs) Very vast. Talk to you. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.